Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and peers behind the curtain into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Tipster, host and land penguin at the Pinnacle Larder, floating somewhere off in the Antarctic Ocean. I'm Jacob Pine with Hindsight Trivia in Louisville, Kentucky. There, I'm Jay from Smarty Pints Trivia, based out of Regina, Saskatchewan. And welcome to today's episode. Um, it's been it's been an interesting day already, having having read some of the news that's come in from uh, from Twitch regarding certain streams. Uh, I do think it's interesting. I must say that they put this uh, this announcement out the day after Jason had his uh, French made outfit stream. To be honest, I think just, he might have caused it. Yeah. I think I think that was a direct correlation. I do. I, I think you, you think Jason is the reason that we've now got specific rulings on hot tub streams. I mean, the, the timing is too suspect. It, uh, this this happens every so often. Uh, is that we have someone does something on 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 Twitch or on a streaming platform that is technically not against the rules as written, and then there's this whole huge rush to very quickly clarify there are rules around this. We just haven't told you them yet because we didn't <laughs> think anybody would do this. Um, I, I gotta broken. say. Hats off to the people that are doing the hot tub streaming. Whether you agree with it or disagree with it, they read the rules carefully. They found out where they could be exploited, and they went for it. And uh, <laughs> I think it worked out good for them. Maybe not so much Twitch, who's now backpedaling on their rules. Oh, uh, my goodness. True. It's, it's uh, definitely a uh, conversation that's going to be had for a while. Because uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a touchy one. It It is a touchy one. And as... As someone who streams basically in the nude anyway, because all I wear is a scarf, uh, mm. I am so glad there's an exception for animals. Uh, <laughs> is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. People who don't watch the Pinnacle Larder are going to be like, what the heck are you on about? What are you talking about? What? Why do you... What, honestly, or, is or, everything... Or super intrigued. I think that's your pitch right there. I mean, I think I think that's how I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you if if you want to see me, like, in the... curiosity just has to just has to take over. <laughs> if you want to see full frontal penguin, <laughs> <laughs> well, you are halfway behind a, a bar, so I mean, there is some if you censorship. If you want to see half frontal penguin, <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> I guess this new category doesn't quite cover you because it's so they've created the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category the uh hot tub yeah. streamers but i'm not seeing anything about like a uh arctic shelf kind of category so uh no maybe uh, you can stick in not. just chatting uh i mean I'm, I'm gonna stick to stick to trivia at the moment and quiz shows <laughs> and game shows because <laughs> that's what i do apparently like also you do it very well <laughs> i don't stop flattering me I'm I'm horrendous. Lower you're, your the only, you're the only penguin I know that can write really, really good trivia. You you are the best trivia penguin in the entire world, and that's saying something. It is saying something. <laughs> now I think you just need to do penguin hot tub streams and make even double. Wait, what? What? I mean, I'm just saying the sky's the limit here. You've you've got a lot of opportunities as a new penguin. <laughs> I 
Oh no. Um, so talking about streaming. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's move. I can't. Someone someone please take the lead on this. Sure. Um so yeah, I guess I thought this was a hot tub stream too, but no, we're talking about streaming here. Um, and I guess this is a part two, uh, part two, a continuation of the episode three that was on streaming. Um, yeah. Now we're talking about direct into streaming as opposed to an episode two or three where they were talking about transitioning to streaming. Um, I guess the first kind of thing we were going to talk about here are different platforms. Yeah, so, so uh, just to kind of um elaborate on what today's episode's about a little bit more uh episode episode three one of the first episodes of the of the podcast um was all about um people who were in live environments moving to um moving to the online world of streaming and uh, i i personally feel it's very different starting out streaming than taking an already established audience and moving that online um and uh that's kind of what today's episode is about is is going direct into streaming starting out from brass tax in the world of 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 the, the street street the internets and you know it is interesting that the tipster and i both uh started our our trivia careers or for lack of a better word uh on streaming so we we didn't have a live venue before obviously i played in venues um, yeah. I've co-hosted in, in venues, but I've never had my own show that I can say was mine from, mm. you know, its infancy. And I wrote all the questions and all that. Um, so it was diving into the trivia world from the virtual side, as opposed to keeping your brand alive when the virus hit and yeah. forced you to. So I've been hosting online for just over a year now. Um, uh, in fact, we had our fl first flayiversary. Um, it would have been a month ago when this podcast comes out, um, and uh, yet yeah, it surprised me that I've been going for an entire year. To be fair, um, but it was very interesting starting out because I'm a hobbyist. At the end of the day, I don't do this as a job. I, I don't do this as a um, a stream of income or anything like that. It is very much, for me, something I do as a side gig because I want to. And that's a very, I feel that's a very different approach to someone who's wanting to get a career in this. I, I started with a business, so I'm, yeah, I won't talk too much about starting from scratch. I will say that even from the uh, business point of view, it's always just been a hobby job for me um, mm. because I like doing it. And uh, honest, now that I've switched to online, I think I kind of like doing it online even more. That That's the thing. I am. That's the thing that I found recently is that there are some hosts who've transferred to online who pre honestly prefer it to live venues um, because they've kind of got this whole community now. And that's one of the big things about streaming is community um, and having that community there um, that won't be able to come to their online venue, their live venue, because they're all across the globe. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it, um, 
it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what what happens with uh with with all this once things get back to some form of normality yeah i think that's interesting cuz i i'm curious to see how the virtual space does when um and assuming this is going to happen relatively soon uh the world goes back to pre covid times um where you're not having restrictions on uh you know restaurant capacity and stuff like that um or bar capacity as it is here in the states um but you know how, i want to see how the the communities that exist online that we've that we've been building for the last year remain that even when the world goes back to normal and whether those communities stick and stay as strong as they are now. So uh, I might have a little bit of insight here. Um, so I started online uh, for whatever reason, coincidentally about a year before uh, a lot of other folks did. Um, that's just cause I had my online business and then I kind of happened to discover uh, Twitch. You know, I was living under a rock and didn't really know that, Twitch is for more than just gaming. There's people doing uh, live music and stuff on there. I started watching it, um, and I said, I, I quickly got bummed out because I was like, what do I have to offer? Like, I want to stream on Twitch, but who's going to watch me do anything? I can't play an instrument. And then uh, kind of realized, wait a sec, maybe I could do trivia on here. So I started doing trivia um, in, I think it was May of 2019. So kind of got ahead of a few others. And I'll say that the uptake was not good. <laughs> you know, typically a good night was like having five viewers, uh, which compared mm -hmm. to some people on Twitch is really good. But um, compared to what you see at most online games now, is isn't that good? Um, yeah. And then COVID hit, and then viewership kind of skyrocketed. And now, like you guys are saying, with things starting to return to normal, I've noticed it decreasing. And I am kind of wondering, is it going to decrease all the way to those 2019 levels? Or have we do enough people know about it now that there'll always be those those online trivia players that maybe they don't want to go to the bar? Well, I think for some people, it's a case if they don't have a local that they went to in the before times. I think there's some people who... The long, long ago. <laughs> the, 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 the long, long time ago. Um that they don't have a particular venue they go to um even even before um before restrictions happened and um i i think those people are certainly going to stick around um but let's kind of talk about platforms themselves for a second uh we're all on twitch like hands up Arms open here. We we all we all stream on Twitch um, at present, um, and that doesn't always have to be the case. Um, so there's there's advantages and disadvantages to to each platform. Twitch, I would say Twitch is one of those that I lent to because I know the ins and outs of it, um, but. Uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised uh, when Jay said you you just happened to stumble over it. I feel like that's yeah, that's one of the downfalls of it, really. Um, you know, 
when I was looking at, at, at building my channel, probably the biggest piece of advice that I saw, and I know it's kind of depressing, I guess, but nobody grows on Twitch. Like you could sit there day after day and have the best content imaginable out there and uh, mm. no one's going to find you, you know, you're not going to grow. So, uh, yeah, you need another, another kind of avenue of, uh, building. So whether that's hearing about an awesome trivia host on a podcast, for instance, <laughs> Yeah, Something like that. Uh, uh, to kind of highlight that, actually, there was a statistic I saw floating around recently. Um, if you're getting double figures worth of viewers on Twitch, you're actually in the top five percent. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Um, which for a normal for a normal stream, fantastic, great. You've got people in your chat for a quiz stream. It's odd because that kind of there's there's a point at which um you, like the minimum viewership you need to run to even run a quiz stream like um, you need at least what two three teams so at that point you're talking three or four maybe five viewers as opposed to normal gaming streams on Twitch which can run with only one person watching mm-hmm. um so it's it's that initial pickup that's that can be quite the issue um, starting out on Twitch. And as as you've said, because discoverability is so, so bad, um, it's really difficult to grow uh, on, on platform. It's really difficult as someone starting out, um, which is why, honestly, I... That's one of the reasons I don't recommend Twitch. Um, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I, I can say with confidence that I I probably would have not um, gotten into streaming uh, with a game brand new on Twitch because unless I had the co-op as a support system. Yeah. Not just for helping me write a game in general, but, you know, we share a lot of the same players across different games yeah and uh and that's great because they obviously love they just love playing trivia but if it wasn't for the co-op i'd probably be sitting at if i'm lucky two viewers a week uh which means maybe at most two teams if they didn't yeah. already know each other you know um and i feel so. like the only reason i got away with it um was because i had my live show so then mm. i said hey i only had like five viewers in the start i knew all of them <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they were just the people that were big fans of the live live show. So yeah. I would have been in the exact same boat. So uh, with with that said, with me slating Twitch and Bezos probably banging on my door as we speak um, with a note from Emmett Shear saying, hey, hey, technically you work for us. Stop slating our platform. Um, let's. Uh, th- there are some advantages to it. I'll give it that. Um, it is probably one of the best platforms in terms of kind of community engagement out of out of the others that I'm going to talk about that, that we're going to probably talk about because you've got the emotes, you've got like a built-in schedule, you've got it's it's the only platform out there that is a built for purpose live streaming platform um well and the interaction is so important 
I mean, yeah. it, you can tell that when they made Twitch, it, the whole point was to make the viewer feel like they are as much as part of the, that they're really talking directly to the streamer. It's supposed it's not supposed yeah. to be a, you know, sit back and watch this if you're watching TV. It's, it's, a, it's very interactive. Well, that, that's the thing. It's kind of both. Um, I feel is you can just kind of put it on in the background and just listen to what's going on. Um, and in fact, in a lot of the, when you get up the high end, when you get into the like thousands and tens of thousands of viewers, it kind of ends up being that because ch- chat scrolling along so fast. The other way. Yeah, that people can't keep up. There's no way you can respond to every comment, every every post because that would be the entire stream at that point. <laughs> it would literally be an AMA. Um, and you wouldn't actually have any content out of it. Um, but with stuff like emotes and um, kind of the way that the chat system's built and um, uh, even kind of landing pages and stuff like that, it is very heavily geared towards community engagement, community um, and, and live engagement. Um, well, and and also monetization, you know, like you, yeah, you talk about the emotes and stuff, and uh, I don't think any of us are are really in this for the money, but it is it's a nice bit of icing on the cake that you can sell subscriptions so easily, um, and if you integrate with um, Streamlabs or Stream Elements or whatever, you can get the tipping button and and all that kind of stuff really easily. So that's that's the thing with Twitch. You don't until you are an affiliate, you don't get anything out of it in terms of monetary. Oh, true, game. true. Yeah, um, you're just taking straight donations, but yeah, uh, that's, yeah well, that's very yeah. rare. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Um, but I have seen people run on a dom- donation model and it work. Mm. The thing is that um, and. You need to be, there's certain goals they want you to reach before you monetize the platform, which I get, I totally get. Um, but it means starting out, there's not going to be any, any cash flow whatsoever. Um, and some people will actually not go the affiliate path um, because then you're locked into a contract with Twitch. Um, and the only downside to that really is the, the cross-streaming because um, as soon as you're an affiliate, you can't do that, which some people really well, like there's uh that's that's an that's an interesting thing because you it's an odd one because it's not something i've ever seen anybody get stamped down on for it's there yeah i think you could probably get away with it especially if especially if you're not one of these multi-thousand viewer streamers but also um, i've heard of much larger streamers doing um doing similar stuff um but mm. they they've been given you know express permission as it were um Harris Heller being an example um who is effectively a, a stream doctor kind of streamer um where they'll they'll like most of their streams are talking about starting up streaming on Twitch and and the the, the problems people face um but they also do similarly on youtube and things like that um i think that you don't need to worry about that too much honestly like 
yeah, at some point they might turn around and say, ah, stop it. And at which point you can turn around and go, that that point you can make a decision. Um, but even then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about restreaming. You know, I wouldn't think about streaming across multiple platforms. I would be on multiple platforms, but I wouldn't think about streaming the same content across multiple platforms. Mm. Because yeah. what you're doing then is you're segmenting your chat. You're you're segregating your interaction. And it makes people feel a little bit isolated and a little bit alienated when you're replying to a comment that you've seen in the in YouTube. So the people on Twitch can't see what you're replying to and can't interact and engage with that themselves and vice versa. Um, that's the I know trouble. There's bots, you know, there's bots that can kind of get around that, but I think it still makes the whole experience kind of hollow. It, it makes it a little bit janky, really, uh, in my opinion. Um, again, these are personal opinions. Um, it may work for some people. I just don't think it works for. Well, and that's that's kind of brings into a certain point too, because when I tell my coworkers or friends that I stream on Sunday nights at Twitch, they, the first thing they usually ask is what's Twitch. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. a lot of them, I mean, I work with older people, so I'm not, not purely older people, but some of my coworkers are not the, uh, you know, I'm going to watch a video game player play for five hours kind of person. So, you know, I have to explain what Twitch is and I've, I've often wondered if it behooved me just from my personal sphere to also cross stream on like facebook because everybody uses facebook that i know and yeah but then again i you know didn't think about the fact that you have to address one stream and address another one based on the content you're seeing in your chat um which could just be not frustrating but at the same time you're not including everyone in the same conversation so um, so so that's that's kind of the other thing is interactivity and interactability and i feel like you you lose that on facebook um facebook live streams i feel like you don't get that feeling that you're all watching something together um because it, it it feels as if you're just commenting on a on a live video as opposed to interacting with each other, um, and that's one of the reasons why I steered away from Facebook originally is because uh, I don't. That's not the feeling I go for. Um, yeah. I I want to build this community. I want to have this kind of cozy feeling in my pub quizzes where. Um, you know, people feel like they're welcome and that they're part of the action. Um, and Facebook doesn't really do that for me. Yeah. No, and um, I, I think that if you went to Facebook, there might be an influx of more viewers, at least initially, because I think there's better visibility and more discoverability. Yeah. But I really don't think, like, I think you're right. I don't think you would get that um, community feel and you're going to get a lot of people that are just kind of scrolling by and eh, maybe they watch for five minutes and they carry on. I don't think anyone's really going to sit around for a, you know, a two hour trivia game um, to the same extent they might on Twitch if they're seeking out that content. Yeah. yeah. I don't, 
I think the public perception of Facebook is that it's not a platform where you stick around for long, right? You read right. you read something and you move on. You read something and you move on, or you watch like a five second clip and then the ads come up and you move on because who can be bothered to watch ads on Facebook? Um, and I can't possibly comment on the monetization model of Facebook because none of us have got to the point where that's a thing. Um, but that should kind of factor in um, and key you into that monetization on Facebook is really difficult. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, uh, the other big streaming giant, YouTube, um, is an interesting one because you've got a website that is mainly used for hosting pre-recorded content that has now moved into the live space. Um, so a lot of the time it feels like people are doing live videos and then that's their, that then stays on the channel as pre-recorded. Um, and it's definitely a lot more searchable. I mean, heck, it's Google, the search people. <laughs> like if discoverability wasn't at the center of the platform, We'd have issues, uh, but um, again, there is a certain threshold that you need to meet. So YouTube do their interaction in a very different way. Um, they will have a live chat down the side of the stream, um, but in terms of like emotes and community perks and things like that, they've got this thing called joining, which is basically subscribing but not where they get access to um, potentially content-gated videos um, mm. or specific posts um, or, uh, you know, that I don't, I can't remember if YouTube does emotes and I'm going to have to research this. Um, joining button. <laughs> I know they do the super chats uh, yeah. as well, which I think is just kind of their donation model. It's it's their donation model. It's their kind of it's it's almost like their bits model. Um, mm. But yeah, there's there's certain perks you get with joining a channel, which is I find the word join very odd in that. Uh, but oh well, the subscription was already taken on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah, subscribe was already taken. I guess they could, but it's essentially that. the same thing. It's you're you're getting access to more um, perks, I guess. Yeah, um, for for for, for, for yeah for a monthly fee exactly. Um, and I've seen YouTube quizzes work perfectly fine. And honestly, out of the three on this list of streaming platforms, of open streaming platforms. I'd say it's the best to start out on, mm. honestly. Um, if I if I could, the the only thing that you obviously got to be aware of is that it's YouTube, um, and with that, YouTube is very tetchy from time to time, and <laughs> will demonetize and content flag your videos for next to no reason sometimes. Um, that was actually one of the big reasons that 
I went to Twitch over uh, Facebook or YouTube because I don't know the exact specifics on Facebook, but someone early on told me, you know, don't try to do your name that tune rounds on Facebook. <laughs> You'll get shut down real quick. And, so, uh, same for YouTube, from what I understand. So it's an odd one with Facebook, and we're we're moving into the realms of copyright here in it. But I want to briefly touch on the policies of all three of them. Facebook, if you are a Facebook gaming streamer, um, and you have like if you're part of their partner program, they will cover you on that on that. But you need to get to that point first. Um, YouTube is very oh no 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 we will shut you down. Um, and their their algorithm is intriguing as to how they they mark music as copyrighted. Um, some a lot of the time it works. Sometimes people abuse the hell out of it. Um, I've had friends that have pretty much had to write incredibly long emails to people at YouTube going, I want my channel back because it's, it's a free strikes and you're out policy. Um, I want my channel back. These content claims are false and there's not really a good dispute method in place. And that's, that's kind of with the industry as, as a whole. Um, and then Twitch, as long as you're not big, <laughs> then all that happens is VODs get muted. Like people watching after the fact won't hear the music. Although there are very smart ways to um, stop that happening. Um, I couldn't possibly go into the legalities of that because I'm I'm not legally trained i i'm not giving any legal advice whatsoever on this podcast by the way disclaimer disclaimer we are not lawyers disclaimer yeah exactly right we we are not lawyers um but it, it copyright something we're going to get into on another podcast at, at another time because it's this inherently complex and intertangled and mess that definitely plagues a lot of pub quiz streamers. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't even just say pub quiz. I think anybody. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of streamers in general, but specifically from our standpoint, like if you want to do a music round, it's a whole rigmarole. Yeah, that's true. Whereas in a venue, most of the time, you're fine. Most of the time. Um Let's move on to private platforms now. So uh, Zoom kind of being the big one in um, in that space. I haven't done any Zoom games myself. Um, I, I've been kind of Twitch from start to finish. Um, Jacob, have you done any any kind of private games on Zoom or anything like that? I have, I have not. I'm just like you. I'm a Twitcher for life. So <laughs> well, I have. Um... I'll say that um, I would much prefer to do Twitch because it's, uh, I'd say, a little more forgiving. Um, everyone's there for a, a free show, and the people that really like it might throw some some bits or some donations here or there. At least from my perspective, when I'm doing a Zoom event, these are these are paid private events, so the um, the bar is a little higher. <laughs> mm. I guess. 
Um, but Zoom as a as a platform, I think works. But when you're using it, um, you kind of quickly discover that it's not really made to do what you're trying to make it do. Yeah. So the way that I usually go about my events, you know what? I'll I'll tell you about the the perfect world of of Zoom trivia and what it would look like. Um, what it would look like is I share my screen to all my Zoom participants and they can see mm -hmm. the trivia presentation that I've painstakingly put together. Then what I do is I put them all into breakout rooms so they can chat with their team freely. Um, and then they yeah. can answer the questions and then bring them back in after to figure out who won. Fortunately with Zoom, what you can't do is you can't share content into the breakout rooms. Like you can't share your screen into the breakout rooms. So, oh, that's that seems yes. like a huge oversight, though. It is, and I, I, from what I understand, it's it's something that other platforms like Microsoft Teams or um, what's the Google one, Google Meet, are trying to fix. Because this also mm -hmm. has some implications for people who are trying to teach uh, online lessons, mm -hmm. um, yeah, through through these platforms. But so, what it means that I need to do is one of two things. I either run through the questions with everybody in the same room. And then I say, okay, you guys are going to the breakout rooms now. Hopefully you remember what those 10 questions were, <laughs> <laughs> which they don't. Um, or I just forego breakout rooms altogether and just say, you know what, we're all in a big room together. You can see your friends. If you want to talk to them privately, you know, maybe send them a text. Or uh, in my case, the the software that I use that I wrote has a little chat room built into it. So I kind of hate Zoom for that reason because it's so close to being perfect for what I want it to do. And it's, it's just, just that little bit off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I prefer Twitch because I don't have to worry about those problems <laughs> and it's a mm -hmm. free show. So people don't worry about the shortcomings. Um, but when I put people in breakout rooms and they say, hey, I can't see the questions anymore, I just have to say, story, you know, or give them a PDF of the questions to look through uh, while they're in the breakout room. So not perfect. Yeah. So that's, that's, that for me is kind of a big problem. Um, especially considering I do uh, myself and um, Jacob, I think you do, you do one Q one A. Yeah. So one question. Uh, one yes, answer. correct. Yep. So we'd have to do the question, send them to breakout rooms, bring them all back in. Do another question. Send them to breakout rooms. Yeah, bring them all it, back in. It's not efficient by any means. We'd have to change up the entire format of our quiz just to just to work. Um, I think Jay, that's that's where your personal software is is a big advantage. <clears throat> Excuse me, because um, you you built your format around, or you can build your format around about around what zoom can do um and so being able to say here's a set of 10 questions go um that will yeah that like what tipster said that just would not work for our one question one answer format um so i yeah i think that you've mastered zoom as best as you can as much as you're able to whereas tipster i don't really have a choice mm. um if we did that it, it, it we wouldn't have viewers for very long put it that way because our games we, would last four hours. <laughs> so we do we do have people in the Trivia Writers Co-op who do do 
just Zoom games. Yeah. And it works for them. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it does feel a little invite only. Like that's the thing. If you're, if you're wanting to build your audience, I would say Zoom isn't the best one for you. Yep. Yeah, if you're talking about discoverability, that's got to be about the worst you can do, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, private, private chat room is definitely the worst you can do. <laughs> um, we touched a little bit on uh, software there. Jay, you've got your own website that you, and, and software that you run things through. Um, so you've got a lot of, I mean, you've got a lot of free reign to do whatever you want with that almost. I, I do, and it has. There's benefits to that and drawbacks to that. Um, so yeah, I've I've been hosting trivia either live or online for about five or six years now. When I started in the uh, the bar trivia space, um, everyone was just doing PowerPoint presentations, um, and I'm a software engineer by trade, and hmm. said, well, I don't want to if I if I'm going to spend an hour doing something in PowerPoint. Every week, I'd rather spend 10 hours uh, programming something right now, you know, and then have the benefits of that. So now, six years later, I have a pretty robust software platform that I can use. Um, but it's it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, the pros, obviously, is that um, for something like Zoom um, and the limitations that we just discussed, I was able to work around those and make some changes to my software specifically for Zoom to make it as, as simple as possible for people. So when I do a private event, I send them a link, a uh, unique link that only works for them. And when they click on it, automatically makes a team for them on the website and it drops them into the Zoom and it opens up their scorecards. So they're all ready to go and kind of does as much of the work for them as I can, as, as many of the button clicks yeah. as I can automate, I do. Um, Downside is that uh, when I see you guys using Triv now, <laughs> I see how simple it is to use and uh, how good looking it is. And the fact that there's a, I don't know if it's just one person or a couple of people writing it, but there's all these new features coming out. And uh, yeah. for, new, for new features to come out on smartypints.ca, I need to write them. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, do, and thing, I don't right? do it very often. So, so uh, Triv, uh, I mean, I, so, I'll be honest, Jay. I was when I started out, I was kind of looking at the way you do things and smarty pints and going, Yeah, I can do that. And then I was I was honestly considering getting in contact with you and seeing if I could use your software. Um and then I realized that that's somewhat out of my price range. <laughs> it's probably the best way to put it as someone who's just starting out. Um, and I I totally get why you charge for it. I'm not slighting that in the slightest. It's just that I am definitely not at stage. I will say that at a certain point I was charging bars to use it. Um, Hmm. Now I've made so many Twitch or so many changes to make it work on Twitch. I don't even offer it anymore because it's so hard coded into my Twitch channel. But Hmm. at some point when I get through the list of 500 bug fixes I need to do, I do want to release it to the uh, trivia community as just a, a tool, kind of like Triv now. So it's coming someday. Oh, <laughs> someday. Well, that's, that's that's good news. That I that, mean, that is. I, I don't want to. I don't want to discount what Triv now does. It's it's a wonderful platform, but I I think that's great, Jay. That that uh, you're you're allowing us to see a, a different perspective and <clears throat> kind of how you do things. I think that's that's really cool. 
So the only reason that it's not available now just have so much work to do that is <laughs> it's so far understandable yeah. don't worry about it honestly um but yes we 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 brushed be- briefly on triv now there um and that's the platform that i certainly use and i think jacob you use triv now as well yes um and we've kind of got in the trivia writers co- co-op we've kind of got a direct line to the developers as well um and so, yeah, yeah, like I'm rolling up my sleeves here and, you know, showing you that I do have some connection to them in some way. And therefore this may be slightly biased. And, but as a, as a one Q one, a trivia platform, it's, it's pretty much all there. Yep. Um, it takes uh, it takes the administrative part out of the host. Uh, I don't have to worry about going through sheets of paper and grading by hand while keeping everybody happy while putting questions up. I mean it. It's it's the one man shows blessing. Yeah, it's it's definitely something. And um, as a new host starting out. It's definitely fairly easy to get to grips with, I feel, mm-hmm. especially now that they've brought some new stuff in that makes it a little bit more intuitive. The new host website as well. Um, and it's, you know, it's free for the most part yep. and fully personalizable, 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 personalizable. Is that the word? Personalizable. Personalizable. There we go. Got there eventually. <laughs> um, but the the idea that you can now kind of add your own touch to it to make it feel like your show as well, uh, not just on the screen that you're broadcasting, but also um, on the tablets uh, and on the desktop um, so that you've got your branding in the background, your image there as well. Um, the major drawback with it is it is 1Q1A. And it's only 1Q1A. Um, Although I've heard that is that he, the developer is working on a it's alternative in the pipeline. format. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to say it's up first up on the next block, but it's, it's envisioned. So. Yeah, it, it's definitely in the pipeline. Um, there, are, there are certain, and as I said, direct lines to the developer on this. Um, there are certain features that have been asked for that are a lot more complex to put in place like this because you're basically changing the entirety of the 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 way the software works um in a way uh to accommodate a different style of pub quiz um so that's that that's the the only downside currently that i can think of i think also um there used to be quite a bit of a hassle hurdle with getting players involved. There isn't so much anymore now that the website's up and running. You know, all you've got to do is send them a link and then they sign up for an account and then they're in. Um, so it's it's starting to shape up as probably the, for me, the biggest trivia hosting app for pub quizzes. Um, however, I am aware there are other platforms out there, Kahoot being one of them, um, which. I I I have 
qualms with personally um, because it's either multiple choice or or auto graded there's not really any um, any host input if someone puts a close answer um, and also they they charge uh, past a certain point as well um, and then there, there are other platforms available um, I know that uh, hashtag uh, quiz trivia are a thing that have been advertising prolifically to me recently um, trivia ads too <laughs> yeah I know nothing well, about it but I've seen I wonder ads. why I've had a look at it and I'm like eh. <laughs> it's all your graphic style though it's not like it doesn't fit in with my theming I I don't I want something that fits in with the bar that I'm in, you know? I want something that fits in with the vibe that I'm going for rather than, you know, comic-style font and... Yeah, there, there's no personalization. It's it's sticking something totally foreign into your already established community and setting. Yeah. Um, and at some point I may, you know, I may have a play about with it, see what it's like. And I may report back on the podcast um, as to, you know, what it's like. But for now, um, I think Trivnail is where I'm kind of set in stone um, uh, until such a point as um, something something proves to me that it is kind of better and catches my eye. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I use Trivnail on my uh, trivia stream on Twitch on Sunday nights as well as my live stream. I'm oh, sorry, live event. Um, and both are both audiences find the app to be extremely user friendly. Yeah. And uh, at least for the live venue, very COVID friendly. Um, my bar owner really likes the fact they don't have to get up and, you know, give their answers to me in hand or there's not a lot yeah. of foot traffic. It's, yeah. So it's, it's, it has its benefits, not just from the trivia standpoint, but from the the way the game is played as well. So the the other huge thing about it for me um, is that it's it's very clear in its presentation, um, both on the desktop site and in the app. They get the question, they get a timer, they get a box to put it in, they get a big submit button. Um, any picture clues will go straight to them on the desktop or on, on the app um, rather than them having to look at the screen for the picture clue. Um, it is kind of... Theoretically, they could play without even watching the stream. Like, that's that's the great thing about... It doesn't sound like a great thing, but <laughs> that's the great thing about it. If stream cuts out for whatever reason, they can still take part. They're still there. Absolutely, yep. Um, and there is kind of integration built in with Twitch, but that's... Oh, that's, a, that's another episode right there. That's another episode that uh, that's going to... Oh, God, purple screen of death. I am <laughs> get, I'm getting really riled up about that at the moment. I just... Whoever's idea that was, I'm writing a strongly worded letter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of an all-in-one platform. 
uh, for me. And um, I I just need to get used to the the recent update um, <laughs> and and make things work how they how I want them to with the new one. And I'm good to go. So that um, that kind of brings us to another point, Tipster. I know that you have a very unique screen that you stream to all of your audience on yeah. Twitch. Uh, in that you have a full-on beautiful, might I say, bar, uh, <laughs> very detailed, with a TV that's that sits above you, where you place your your Triv Now screen uh, yeah. that the audience would see if they were in a live venue, for example. Um, can you talk about kind of how you utilize the behind-the-scenes software to make that happen? Okay, so let, uh, let's let's actually go into streaming software in general here. Um, there's kind of three main contenders in terms of streaming software. Um, uh, um, from a from a from a free standpoint, like there are streaming softwares out there that do charge money and are, you know, more suited towards TV and large production broadcasting. But for for somebody starting out, um, if you're streaming on Twitch. Twitch Studio is kind of okay. It does the job. It's it's designed for for um, for you know first stream starting out. It does a lot of the setup for you, um, and it's it's very much kind of back to basics um, in terms of what you can do and how you do it. Um, then kind of moving towards um, a little bit more advanced, you've got uh, what's affectionately known as slobs or Streamlabs OBS. Um, slobs. Slobs, uh, which takes a little bit more of um, the... A little bit, gives you a little bit more flexibility, but in exchange it is a little bit harder to work with. There's more that you have to do in terms of setup. Um, and it's unless you're willing to give them money. Unless you're willing <laughs> to give them money, yeah. Then um, you just click. Uh, I want this look and feel, and it's kind of done for you. Yeah, um, but it, it's very heavily integrated into the Streamlabs um, kind of uh, ecosystem, if we're calling it that. Um, Streamlabs, by the way, are a website that do uh, that they're. they're they're pretty much a stream utility website um, that do a bunch of like uh, chatbots and um, the good kind of chatbots most of the time uh, and overlays and alerts. So, you know, if someone donates to you, there'll be a, there'll be a sound and a noise and something will come up on stream, stream saying, thank you for your donation, blah, 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 much money. Um, and, and that's kind of very heavily built into that platform. The one that I use purely because it's got a lot more flexibility, there's, uh, and it is open source at the end of the day, people build mods and plugins for it, um, is OBS, Open Broadcast Software. Um, which 
um, I kind of, I've been using for a long while now, I've been using more than seven or eight years, um, not just streaming on Twitch, but you've got the integration into, um, you know, you can, you can set it up to work on YouTube, Facebook, anything like that. Um, and it does the job. Um, it, there is a bit of a learning curve. Um, but there, that's something they're kind of working on. There are certain wizards that you can use to set it all up for you and get things how you want them. And it can be a bit finicky at times, but once, to be fair, once you've got set up with a stream, you don't need to touch it. You don't need to move anything about. You just leave it as is, and you click between the scenes, and that's done. Um, so for me, OBS is kind of the software that I use. Um, I I use uh, kind of I basically get it to let load up a web page inside the software to give the um, screen that the questions come up on. Uh, the rest of it is all just pictures. Hmm. Um, did you did you tipster use Streamlabs OBS prior to using, or this is really for J two? Did you use Streamlabs prior to using just regular OBS? Uh, so when I started out, Streamlabs OBS wasn't a thing. Gotcha. Okay. It didn't exist. Um, because effectively, what Streamlabs OBS is is Streamlabs took a version of OBS, added a bunch of their own stuff on it, and packaged it as their own thing. That's pretty gotcha. much what happened. Um, so I was I was in with OBS before that happened, as it were. I started with. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Jay. I started with Streamlabs um, because of all, it, like because it looked so easy to learn. Um, and then as I moved through it and kind of started learning a bit more about streaming in general and what I wanted my stream to look like, I realized it has some limitations um, and that mm. there there are plugins for it. Um, I don't think they're very good. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> yeah, so, actually. Yeah. Like a big one I wanted was the uh, the WebSockets plugin so that you can make um, basics basically so that you can control OBS from another device. Um, mm. And that just wasn't available. So that was the tipping point for me to go to OBS. But actually, when I moved to it, what's nice is I still have a lot of my Streamlabs stuff. So like all of the mm. alert boxes that I set up and slobs, um, end of the day, they're just browser sources. So I put them in OBS, um, my alerts, my bit goal, my sub donation goal, like all of that stuff uh, transferred over. But one thing that drove me nuts is you have to recreate all of your sources from scratch. There's no way to export from slobs OBS. You can go OBS mm -hmm. to slobs, but you can't <laughs> go the other way. And I kind of wonder if that's by design. You know, maybe to people that are on the fence about leaving, being like, oh, well, I'd have to rebuild everything. You know? So mm. that was kind of my one big issue. But keeping the alert boxes uh, was nice. Yeah, I think I'm one of those people that I currently use Streamlabs OBS. Um, I dabbled around with OBS several years ago uh, when I considered going to streaming just to try to do video games and realize that I didn't really want to sit there for 
four hours with one viewer every five minutes. Um, mm. And then I left. And then when I, you know, started streaming trivia in November of last year, I uh, I went with with slobs because I am not a creative person, and I I'll be the first to admit that I I like to have everything just hey you know drag this to where you want it we're good to go and it did that for me I got up and going in about an hour and I was ready to go now I made some improvements since I started and moved some things around and now I'm kind of where you were at Jay I'm starting to feel the slight limitations of slobs and are looking to move to OBS uh, but it sounds like there there is some challenges you have to jump over like making all your sources again so I think what we're kind of coalescing on here is that slobs is a very good starting point. It's a very good place to start stream. Like as as a beginner streamer, it's kind of very beginner friendly. It's not as limited as Twitch Studio, so you've got that freedom, but it's not as advanced and complex as OBS. So it's a nice middle ground to get started on um, before you eventually go. Uh, but I want to do some fancy stuff now that I want to do and move over to to OBS itself. I mean, some people may never may never move along move along and that's fine. Um it's just that I like having the extra control and being able to do the flashy things like make the camera zoom in on my on my 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 screen and my penguin face. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of what um, uh, and those kind of things you can't really do in slobs right now um, at least from my experience so once you get to the point where you're like okay great I've got the basics down now I want to do something funky now I want to do something you know all out that's when you need to start looking at moving over yeah I, I do that's... really recommend it to people that are that are starting out because, like you said, Jacob, if it if it only takes you an hour to get up and going, like, why not? And then stream for a while and see if this is your thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it everything is there. You know, you can throw in your your tip jar. You can throw in your, um, uh, you know, integration into PayPal if you want to take donations. Uh, obviously, once you become affiliate, at least on the, from the Twitch side. You know, all of your subs come in there. I mean, it's all on one screen. And as mm -hmm. long as you've got a, you've got real estate on a screen to put it on, then you know it's it's all there. But um, I think there just comes a point where you're like, man, I really want to do this, but I can't do it on slobs. But I think that's going to move my stream to the next level in terms of interactivity or entertainment. You just kind of have to bite the bullet and make that move. Um, but I think I think it's really good for beginning streamers um, because it's it's there's no time to get set up at all, and it gives you the knowledge of how to manage your content and interact with your audience at the same time. Um, so, well, speaking of content and interacting with your audience, um, one of the big things with streaming, as opposed to a live show, is the difference in engagement. Um, because you're not there in the room in person. They're not there in the room in person. 
you can't really see what they're doing you know if they're sitting there bored twiddling their thumbs or if they're actually like really trying to scratch this question out um so in terms of engagement like what what kind of things do you do in a stream um to keep people entertained when they're not really puzzling over that hard question that you've just posed them so between or during questions um i mean i get quite a bit of mileage out of the uh, channel point awards on twitch and uh, people playing goofy sound effects and goofy video clips and messing with my camera and those kind of things. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the big favorite on my stream right now um, called Big Brain Mode. And uh, you know, whenever I I'm getting... I saw that the other day. I was, I was quite happy. That was awesome. <laughs> so this is whenever I'm being maybe a little pedantic uh, in the marking or something like that. Uh, someone will redeem this one and... Again, this is something that could only work in OBS and not slobs, um, but they redeem it. And then through some camera filter trickery, my forehead grows about eight inches. And uh, <laughs> so, that, that's one that I seem to like. So I think, I think that's kind of like a, a broader category, though, of, of, um, of awards and, and those kind of things. Mm. Um, I guess the other thing would be just interacting with them and... I'm sure you guys have at some point um, read something on Google about how to how to be a better streamer. I, I know I, when I was starting out, I read a million of these stupid oh, things. Oh, God. And, yeah. and they all say, you know, if you're playing a video game on Twitch, you're just supposed to narrate every single action you're doing. I find that's kind of what I end up doing on my stream is I'm sitting there talking about nothing. And whether that's entertaining or not, I don't know. But people seem to be coming back, so... <laughs> Maybe it's worth it. <laughs> I would say that that beats you sitting there, um, eyes glazed over on your screen, reading a question and waiting the full, you know, timer in silence for them to yeah. give their response. I mean, there's there's multiple there's multiple scenarios here, right? So there's the scenario that chat is interacting with you that they're posting stuff and they're doing, you know, they're redeeming channel points and stuff like that. And that's, that's kind of very easy to bounce off and riff off. But when there's kind of almost dead air, you've got to, you've got to work to kind of fill that. You've got to find something to talk about, even if it's the most mundane thing you can think of right now. Um, like that, cause I mean, how long do you tend to give people on on questions, just as a as a general kind of ballpark? I, I give seventy five seconds. Seventy five from Jacob. I I give as long as it takes me to read the question plus thirty, so hmm. it can be up to a minute, I'd say. So you're you're fa but you're fairly snappy in terms of the the question as a whole, then. Yeah, um, but because I'm not doing one question one answer at the end of ten questions usually have three to five minutes so that that's oh, okay. where i do that's where i do the majority of my rambling is at the end of the round <laughs> <laughs> so i um i do anywhere between a minute and two minutes per question um because uh sometimes they are serious head scratches <laughs> sometimes there's multiple parts to it that you've got to dissect and this that and the other um 
So a lot of what I do is kind of words of encouragement a lot of the time if it's dead air or kind of talking back through the mechanics of the round or and reminding them kind of this is what I'm looking for. This is, you know, this is the the crux of the round. Um, and it, especially if it's the first question in a round, I will even slightly walk them through mm-hmm. bits of it. Um, so it is, it is about keeping things going, keeping things rolling, keeping things engaging. Um, the other thing is, um, this is a godsend, background music. Mm-hmm. Background music is a big one for me. Um, because if there's silence, then it is just silence if you've got no background music. Um, if you've got background music, then there's something to listen to. People know that the stream is still going as well. Like that's the other thing is that people are aware that the stream hasn't frozen. There's no technical issues. It's still carrying on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's still Atmos there. Um but obviously that brings with it its own problems um, because the dreaded DMCA. Um, so, But there there's... are tools out there that you can stream for free music that is copyright free. Yeah. Uh, Pretzel, I... for example, being one of those uh, services. Yeah. Uh, so you've got Pretzel Epidemic, um, which is a subscription sub- subscription subscription service um that allows you to use a large library of um royalty free music um uh those are the two main ones that i'm aware of there's also stream beats which is um run by harris heller who i mentioned earlier um which is available for free it's a, a like a much smaller catalog but it's very kind of dedicated to the kind of streaming side of things. So there's lo- there's a lo-fi playlist. There's a rock playlist. They're doing a metal playlist soon. Yeah. Um. Um. So that 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 kind of helps out fill the silence, uh, especially when I'm running out of ideas of things to say, or <laughs> or on the very rare occasion that I have to nip and go get a freaking towel again. Um, <laughs> It's not just dead silence. Well, I think there's also, and this is something that I struggle with sort of as a new streamer or a new trivia host in general, is that when I'm hosting a live venue, I know when to shut up because my my players are in their little huddles at their tables talking out the answer. And they don't want to hear my big mouth talking because they can't hear themselves talk. Yeah. In a stream setting, I can't tell who's talking or if there's a Discord chat going on behind the scenes or text messages. Um, so maybe me talking is is them <laughs> mute the stream for a minute just so they can hear each other talk and and work out the answer to the question, um, which is just a constant struggle because I don't want to be yapping the whole time while they're trying to think out the answer. But I also give seventy five seconds, and based on the speed that I get my answers in through Triv now, um, I want to make sure that those who have answered are probably just sitting there waiting for the you know for the next question. So I try to maybe talk to someone I know on that team, or sometimes I'll I'll talk about some of the answers I've gotten. If someone just put a bogus answer and they obviously didn't know the answer, 
wanted to be funny, I could just make a little remark about that, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. Um, we'll say that I I sometimes try to give an anecdote about the question. That's tricky because you don't want to give anything away, and kind of the best anecdotes might be about the answer. So I I struggle <laughs> with that sometimes too. So is maybe a little easier for you guys because you're doing one question, one answer. So then when you get to question two and you have nothing to talk about, you could talk about the answer to question one. Mm. Whereas I've kind of got ten forbidden topics <laughs> generally. You can't, yeah. That's that's rough. Um but then again you've got you've got less time between those questions as well. You've got like thirty seconds thinking time then Yes. I mean, you've got three minutes of air to fill at the end. <laughs> is mm. is the trouble? Well, that's um, when you just turn the big brain on and just go to town. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I have these these things to distract people. <laughs> oh, these little toys and and, and mini games. Yeah, there, there um, is one other toy or mini game um, that I've put in place, which is um, because I I like doing software and it's it's kind of my thing. Um, in my chat, you can actually just type. Uh, exclamation point quiz at any point it'll spit out another random question for you that is not part of <laughs> not, not part of the game from the you know the catalog of questions i have it'll just grab one whether it's a good question or a bad question uh it, it'll spit it out and then you can say quiz answer if you want to see the answer so sometimes oh, that's a really people, good idea sometimes people keep themselves busy with that too i like that but that's that's the thing it's busy work really it's trying to keep yeah. them uh, trying to keep their attention for long enough that, um, I mean, usually when someone starts a quiz, they tend not to leave midway, but um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they up and leave uh, partway through. Um, one of the, the, the two, the two kind of big points where you're filling time are are your pregame and your break, if you have a break, that is. So how do you how do you deal with those as a streamer? I feel like I gotta let Jacob go first here because once you get me talking about halftime shows, I won't be able to stop. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I I do three rounds of ten questions. Um, so I use I, I get through two thirds of my game before I take a break. Mm. Um, I I really try to keep it to five minutes. Um, it's really for me to just. To, you know, get a hold of myself. Not that I mean, streaming to a certain extent and, and hosting in general is you got to put on a face, you got to be the host, you got to be the entertainer. Mm. Having a five minute breather just to collect yourself again, I think is super important because uh, I'm doing an hour and a half, two hour long stream. And I know that that's small game compared to some of the other people who do these four and five hour streams, but um, you know, that's just kind of my style. And it gives people a chance to get up to the bathroom. They're not going to miss any content. Um, and I keep music going on in the background, um, and, and that sort of thing. I don't have a game that I give or a, a halftime round or anything like that. Uh, it might be something I might do in the future, but for right now, you know, that's, that's basically what I do. So, so for me, and I'm going to jump in here before Jay jumps in with their <laughs> halftime stuff. So for me, um, with with any kind of break or leading into or out of the quiz, there's always a ramp in and a ramp out, right? So you 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 chat, you keep chatting for the start of the break, um, 
you know, kind of, we're going to have a break, yada, yada, yada. Um, get five, uh, you know, take five minutes to go grab what you need to grab, uh, go to the loo, do what human people do, uh, and, um, you know, just take a breather. Uh, but then with about a minute to go before the end of the break, I'll ramp back in and start talking again, um, just so that people, people who have it on in the background and are doing stuff elsewhere in the house will hear, okay, he's coming back soon. Um, you know, okay, they're coming back soon. Um, I really need to wrap up what I'm doing or I really need to like, you know, I've got a bit of time, but I, it's more, it's more of an audio cue to people that we're coming back. Um, also it's nice to be able to, chat to people outside of the context of the quiz as well um uh just to be able to go hey how's your day going you know you you doing all right how's how's the weather i don't know i can't i can't come up with stuff off the cuff uh but <laughs> but usually you, you can have a bit of a chat with 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 your viewers um and your players um uh, and i don't get to do that during the game itself a lot of the time um usually everything is focused around the questions and the answers when when chat interact with me during the game it's usually about the question um usually some horrendous pun trying to make me spit tea across the room uh or <laughs> which is the best thing by the way oh my goodness people I, live for that i've i've been doing this thing uh, recently uh where uh, people can earn bonus bickies um bonus biscuits uh for various things they get one for turning up at the start one at the end and there's various bonus ones that they can get throughout the stream i really dread giving out one for people who can make me spit tea um, <laughs> for you know putting a comment that's so funny that it makes me just kind of need a towel um but at the same time, like, it's funny. I I have yet to actually suffer any harm out of it. Um, yeah, I would hate to see the day that you spit out your tea and ruin your entire electrical setup in front of you. Uh, that, would not, that would not be a fun day in the Tester household. It would not, and you, you you know for a fact that the next stream would be from a a a crappy laptop, yeah, um, and with a giant donation bar at the bottom going, "Hey, I need a new computer." Exactly, uh, it's all your um, fault. <laughs> this is all your fault. You did this. Um, uh, but that's kind of the key thing for me is that ramp in and ramp out of the quiz itself. In terms of turning off. I don't. I don't turn off during the break um, because it takes me time to build into my hosting persona mm. that I don't have enough time to go out and back into it. Um, you know, it, I have to very much kind of G myself up to do this. Uh, not in a I don't want to do it kind of way, in a kind of I am going to have to be entertaining for the next two hours kind of a way. Um, 
and then you know once the stream ends i can just just get down off my stool behind the bar and tootle <laughs> off upstairs uh <laughs> and do what i need to do um but uh yeah uh that's kind of pre-game and break for me is the time when i can really interact with my with people as opposed to players i suppose absolutely um I like I'm going to ramble on about halftime shows in a second. Um, but because I do 10 questions, 10 answers, I guess I, I am kind of getting a little break between every round of about five minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my opportunity to, to like tipsters saying, kind of ramp out, tell people like, you know, you've got five minutes until scorecards are due and then it's going to take me five minutes to mark them. So you've got 10 minutes you need to go make a sandwich or go to the bathroom or grab another beer or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, an opportunity to talk with people, not about the questions because scorecards are still live at that point. So we can't talk about the questions because mm. if you start dropping answers in, in the chat, it's going to ruin it for other people. So that's really when people start, you know, asking kind of, I want to say personal questions like, because they're too deep or something like that, but personal questions because they're not about trivia, you know? Um, so that is a really good opportunity. Um, and one thing I'll say um, with the ramping out that you're mentioning, yeah. I will actually sometimes uh, like yell into my microphone and say like, hey, you, you're in the kitchen making sandwich right now. Like if you can hear my <laughs> voice back here, like I, I know that I'm on someone's TV out there, you know, and I know someone's uh, in the bathroom or something. So um, that's that's kind of fun to do too. Come back to TV. <laughs> yeah, I acknowledge that people uh, aren't aren't necessarily giving me their full attention. Um. Anyway, halftime shows. I'm excited to talk about this. And uh, okay. I, I wish there was a red light or something you could flash. Sure, sure. Should we just take our break here and just let him ramble on for a while and come <laughs> back? And since we you know we're on, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll try to be quick. But um, so when I when I first started, I just tried to kind of forklift the format that I had at the bar directly into the online thing, and you know, do a nice break in the middle. And some people didn't like that, so I started not doing a break. And then a year in really wanted a break so then the break kind of came back um but i didn't want to just have dead air i kind of i felt mm. the need to stay entertaining and i think i think this is what tipster's saying where it's kind of naturally i'm kind of a quiet introverted person but when i'm on my stream it's kind of i'm forcing myself out of my shell a little bit um so it was almost detrimental for me to just you know sit for 10 minutes and check my phone and kind of turn off so decided to do something kind of entertaining so um <laughs> this is all so stupid and i still think it's stupid but started it's doing stupid, ha- but i love it it's it's uh, I st- honestly the best idea for halftime in a quiz that i have seen in so long well the, the first two that you might not be familiar with were less less good but equally dumb <laughs> I decided to do halftime shows. I was like, I got to do something different for 10 minutes. I'm going to do a different halftime show every week and maybe people will like it. And if you got to go make a sandwich or get a beer or whatever, go nuts. But if you're sitting here for 10 minutes, at least there's something to look at. Mm. The first halftime I show halftime show I did was the tide halftime show, uh, which I said was sponsored by tide, but it was not. 
And this was literally just, I set up a camera in front of my washer and dryer in the basement. <laughs> and uh, I just, I just spent 10 minutes, you know, separating my, my colored clothes from my white clothes and put them into the uh, washer all with, um, oh, who's it by? Dirty Laundry playing in the background. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my and, God. And uh, yeah, they just, you know, watched me do my laundry. And then I was away from my computer. Uh, so when I came back after the 10 minutes, these people were so critical about how I was doing my laundry. And I, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, because like, I thought, I thought this was a normal thing to do. I, I take the laundry in the basket and I dump it on the floor and then I sort it on the floor and put it in the washer. And apparently that's that's right out. That is not how you do laundry. You're, you're supposed to reach into the basket every time. And anyway, we had a good discussion about that's, it after. That's so just I, pedantic. <laughs> but yeah, they were so critical. Um, like, the it next doesn't time. matter if it's going on the floor; it's going in the washing machine anyway. All right, <laughs> like, next episode we're doing an entire episode on just laundry technique. Okay, this is a serious <laughs> thing we got to talk about. Well, I just couldn't believe they cared so much about it. But like I said, apparently the halftime show worked because they were engaged, even though it was kind of stupid. Um, the next one uh, was I put my camera upstairs and uh my my wife who i call mrs j on the stream because i don't want to don't want to reveal her real name and she's become a bit of a of a mystery to to people on the stream but um she'd been bugging me to fix the closet doors upstairs you know as as wives do right right guys <laughs> um anyway she'd been bugging me to fix the closet doors so i took my camera upstairs and this was a uh, halftime home repair and just uh i'll set up the camera <laughs> Thank and God. Spent 10 minutes fixing the closet doors. And, that is uh, of course, brilliant. There was some serious critiquing during that halftime show as well. Of course there is. Of course, yeah. Um, got them more or less fixed in the 10 minutes. So then it brings me to the halftime show that was the real winner, which is what I'm continuing to do now, which is the, uh, the halftime Roomba Rumble. So I have a Roomba vacuum cleaner. It's pretty old. It doesn't work very well. The battery is pretty much toast. Um, but what I've... I originally set up was the uh, the Roomba treasure hunt. So I have an old cell phone that, you know, to anyone that's looking at starting streaming, by the way, if you have an old cell phone, you can turn it into a webcam really easy um, mm. with a bit of software that you download onto it. But put the webcam on the Roomba and released the Roomba into my basement. He banged around, bounced, in, bounced into things, and he was looking for a treasure chest that I had hidden somewhere in the basement. Didn't find it, but people were really <laughs> excited to watch him bounce around the basement so finally <laughs> what this evolved into is the game that i now play during the 10 minute halftime which is the roomba rumble so what i've done is i've made a very small arena <laughs> in my basement um with with two overturned uh coolers in it you know like drink coolers and he will bounce between these two coolers and every time he hits one a scoreboard increments by a point <laughs> and uh players oh can God. actually can actually bet on which cooler they think is going to get hit more frequently um and through twitch one of the mechanics on twitch the uh, predictions they can bet their channel points that they've been accruing over the weeks and weeks and weeks that they've been watching so i do that every week now they love it <laughs> i notice a uh, spike in viewership right before the half <laughs> then i notice <laughs> Then I noticed the viewership decline directly after the half. So I think there's some people that are there just to watch the vacuum cleaner game. But um, that's what I do. And I think, yeah, for some people, you know, like like Jacob said, like maybe you need that break. 
Um, and I totally get that. When I started streaming, I felt like I kind of needed that break. Now I've kind of tried to turn it into a creative outlet, I guess, for, for mm. something else um, to keep people entertained, even if it is something stupid, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. something to watch. But it's not stupid because <laughs> people are coming to your stream strictly to watch that. Like, uh, that that is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I I love amazing. it. Yeah, I I still because I, I occasionally stumble into your stream chat. It's like what what is why what why are there them? Huh? Came for trivia, stayed for the robot wars. Numbers numbers go up. Okay, that's fine. Yep. That's that's the thing. Some people will sit there and watch a number go up, and that's perfectly entertaining to them. Um, to touch on briefly something you talked about there, channel points. Yes. Um, uh, for context, for people who don't know Twitch, uh, channel points are something you earn through kind of watching the stream. It's kind of a stream loyalty card almost, um, and through those channel points you can redeem various things that the streamers kind of put on. Um, and one of the new things they brought in was predictions, and as part of those predictions, you can now predict whether a rumor is going to hit the red cooler or the blue cooler more frequently. <laughs> I break. Um, to gain more, to gain more channel points, to do f funny things like make Jay's forehead eight inches tall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the end, that's all they're really worth, but you know, it, it's the, the number of times you can do that, I guess, that goes up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's fair. It's awesome. The, the, the final thing I kind of want to touch on is, uh, is kind of branding, almost, marketing, the, the look and feel of your stream. Um, uh, I mean, Jacob, you've got the um, kind of eyesight chart uh, Jay, you've got the monkey, and I've got my own bar floating in the Antarctic Ocean. Um, would you say that having a brand is kind of a key thing to being a pub trivia streamer? I would say yes, strictly because, um, well, Jay had obviously had a jump start on it, but once the pandemic hit and everybody moved over to a virtual platform, it's good to have a brand that can help you stand out. Um, I think it's... I, I tried to use my hindsight question of the week in my you know subsequent um, uh, animation that I use. Which, uh, uh, I always can't pronounce it. But the thing that goes down in front of your eyes when you're getting your eye test done, um, you know, that actually Jay made for me. Jay, thank you so much. I still love it. It's a big hit. But, that, but <laughs> no that's problem. something that people remember in my stream and it's a mechanic that they know is going to happen week after week and i've transitioned that over to my live game as well they always ask you know when's the when's the hindsight question of the week because we know it's going to come up and we know that's going to be a thing and that just ties into my shtick that's my thing that's that's what people remember and i think that has so much to do with your success um as a streamer because if you're just a humdrum guy sitting up there reading questions you're not going to retain anybody. You're not going to be entertaining. Um, I think branding is, it, is huge. I wouldn't say it isn't entertaining. I'd say that it's less memorable. Yeah, fair That's enough. That's probably how I'd put it. 
Yeah. Like you can be perfectly entertaining and be a be a a humdrum like run of the mill person whose name is John John the trivia guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like um but people are going to have a difficult time going, "Oh, who was that person that we watched last week? Oh, what was that name?" You know, that's I think that's, that's that's kind of the thing is that the only time you don't really need a brand is if you are the brand, you know. Mm. Um, but then you're right; that's kind of less less memorable. Um, and then also having a brand allowing you to kind of exist on these different platforms, like my my Facebook page is all branded the same way as my Twitch channel, as my Twitter, as my Instagram. Um, because you can't grow on Twitch, like we've been kind of talking about. Um, mm. I need to make sure that when people go to Facebook and they see the beer drinking monkey, they know that's the same guy as the Twitch guy or they, the post they saw on Instagram or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it kind of helps with discoverability too. I mean, especially cause I believe there's more than one smarty pints, right? Am I right in saying that? <laughs> there are, uh, I think it was the last time I was on the show, I actually this story so i won't repeat it but i got a phone call from someone looking for the other smarty pints down in the oh, state somewhere. My... oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh it is a common name apparently um meanwhile for some known reason the pinnacle lotto is not taken i i was surprised at that when i started this out <laughs> um it's such a good name such a good i mean it took Corey 10 episodes to actually get the joke but still, um, yeah, I think that the key thing with is kind of discoverability and kind of having that cohesion across platforms. Um, so, A, people know it's you, and B, so people, so that it's memorable, so that people have that mental image of, because my, so my, Twitch profile picture used to be a one in made out of ice because my Twitch channel is T1PSTER. So I wanted people to remember the one because that's a really difficult bit to remember. Um, after a while, I've kind of given up on that because uh, because I've got other ways of getting people there now. Like I have a website. So as long as people remember the remember Pinnacle Larder, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, so yeah, I'd say branding is a huge part of it. Um, I mean, it's not the be all and end all, but it will certainly help you grow uh, a lot quicker. It can help, I think. When you're creating your stream, for instance, like when you're just looking at that kind of black canvas and it's kind of like I could put literally anything there. Oh, um, yeah. If, if you have almost some rules for yourself set out with a brand that can kind of help, um, you know, like with with my the monkey that I use on everything, um, I have a, a hex code for the blue color and for the yellow color. And the, that's the blue that I'm going to use everywhere. And that's the yellow I'm going to use everywhere. Mm-hmm. got a font that I know that I'm going to use for everything. Um, and now I have a bunch of images that I've, I've commissioned from a friend that, that I use everywhere. Um, so I think once you kind of have some of those pieces in place, it makes some of that stuff easier too. Um, 
if you're making a poster, same kind of thing. You might just freeze when you're like, well, how am I going to advertise tonight's trivia? Where am I going to start? But you know what? I've got mm -hmm. some assets. I've got a color palette. I've got a font. Like all the work is, is pretty much done. You've got the pieces. All you need to do is put them together. Exactly. Yeah. So th that's the other thing that can really help with having a brand is that, yeah, you like half the work is done for you. Um, I, I don't think I've ever made a poster. Thinking about it now, like I've never made a poster. <laughs> I've always just made, I've always just done like a post and then an image of the bar because like that's my whole image is the bar and the, the, the flag of the pinnacle larder, a small little iceberg that is floating. Um, and kind of the, the, the law and mythos around the pinnacle larder, strange as that sounds. <laughs> I will say I love that you have a narrative with, with your stream. <laughs> and I'd like to see, I don't know, the inclusion of side characters maybe could be fun or Yeah, uh... the lore of your of your like <laughs> setting is phenomenal. That you have like you actually have sidekicks that have jobs and they yeah. carry out duties for you and you have like commanders of navies and you know <laughs> yeah. weaponry and all this stuff and like we don't and no, no, you're just here asking don't. questions in a bar but no we actually have an entire military behind us we don't, no 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 we don't have weaponry okay we come in peace okay we just have we just have questions that need to be answered <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, but yes, we do. We do have Captain Waddles, who is the uh, who who steers the good, the good iceberg, pinnacle ladder. Um, we have <laughs> we, we we've got General Rafters because once I came up with Cap Captain Waddles, I had to have an, another character to kind of riff off them and play alongside them. And um, we've got Humphrey, who no one ever sees; they're just talked about. Um, because they don't do that social media stuff, um, like old and crotchety or something, or uh, just you know, it's not their thing, and that's okay, fine. Fair enough. Yeah, that's yeah. perfectly okay. Um, and then there's me, who is the kind of overall overarching host land penguin, the thing that gels this narrative together, um, and. You know, this is stuff that if you'd have told me this a year ago when I first started hosting, that this is where I'd be now, that I have this entire kind of island that has its own narrative, I'd I'd be like, what? Why? Why why have you done that? It's a cool idea, but why? Um, and the honest answer is it it. It kind of naturally evolves. People ask questions. I come up with answers on the fly, and that is canon now. Like that is gospel. <laughs> that's that's how a lot of this works. Like general rafters came about because somebody asked, "Are there other penguins on the island?" And it's like, well, yes. I'm glad you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to give you this entire book of Tipster's lore. <laughs> Sit back I, I love it and it's it is branding and it's intriguing like even hearing you say these things now i'm like i need to stop by tipster's stream more often and <laughs> figure out what's <laughs> going on oh 
So even then, I will weave the narrative into some of the rounds as well. Like um, when we did Broken Karaoke, I I said that I sent General Rafters on a mission uh, to go and recover uh, uh, Lee Broken Buzzer's karaoke machine um, to borrow it for a round. Now, unfortunately, um, not Broken Karaoke, sorry. It was uh, out of time. Out of time. Um, now, unfortunately, um, you know, it's broken. We know this from Lee's streams. Um, they do a round called Broken Karaoke every week. Uh, sorry, a question called Broken Karaoke every week, which is based heavily on the House of Games one. Um, so I, you know, being the um, inventive penguin that I am, you know, searched around for odd parts in the larder and tried to fix it. Unfortunately, I happened to use bits from an old time machine I had lying around. Um, and, uh, well, uh, long story short, the space-time continuum is a little bit wonky right now, so I'm going to play you the lyrics of one song to the melody of another further back in time. Tell me, you know, <laughs> tell me how to fix this. And that was the narrative for the round. Like, <laughs> literally... There's no reasoning behind it. There's no reason. There's no reason I couldn't have just said, "Oh, you know." So I've taken the lyrics of one song from one decade and the melody of another song from another decade and smushed them together. Your job is to find out which one's which. It's just stupid little stuff like that. It's kind of like your rumba stuff, Jay. To be <laughs> fair, like that's that's like my law is your rumba. Is probably how I'd put it. It's that little little bit of flair that people that people will definitely remember. <laughs> yeah, it's it's branding and it's a different way to do it. And uh, Jacobs, I'm trying to think of the word now. I know it sounds like Octoraptor, but it's not. <laughs> Octoraptor. <laughs> right, because we saw the raptors. Uh, yeah. Fala Velociraptor or something like that. It's, it's hard to say. <laughs> the eye what, thing. Of oh, the eye thing. Okay, I was like, now. hold on. Were you trying um, to say Rufflecopter? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, it's gonna bother me too. Okay, there's uh, four, what? four up, four opter. Just four opter. P H O R. Sorry, P H O R O P T E R. Four Okay, right. Yes, your your eye thing. <laughs> yes, the eye thing. What is called the eye that? thing for the eye thing? Yeah, it's for the eye thing. Everyone knows what the eye thing is. But you raptor. have your you have your hindsight question of the week, yes. which kind of feeds into that as well. And that's yes. I I don't want to call them gimmicks, but they kind of are. Like yeah. mine definitely is. It, yeah, your rubber <laughs> definitely is. My my law kind of is. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, it keeps you memorable. Yeah. So that when someone says, oh my gosh, I want to go play trivia again, let's go find the penguin. Let's uh, go find the penguin. Go find the penguin. I mean, it's n who else can say that? I mean, literally, who else can say that? <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, let's You're go find wrong. the penguin. The penguin will ask us questions and we'll, we'll talk about generals and admirals and answer questions. <laughs> oh my God. What have I done? It's <laughs> brilliant. What, what have I created over the past year? Um let's 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 get out of this this madness for a minute. Um 
uh, any kind of closing remarks before we we move on to uh, this week's keyword challenge? Uh, any, one last any lasting thing. advice? There's one last thing I wanted to slip in before we before we moved on. I'll make it quick. Um, but with Twitch, when we were talking about that and the differences between Twitch and Facebook and these other platforms, one thing that Twitch allows you to do is write your own extensions for Twitch. So writing your own software yeah. gets baked right into Twitch. And uh, I just want to throw that out for any other programmer-minded people that are maybe listening. Uh, consider it. And writing a Twitch extension is probably a lot easier than you think. If you have a cool idea for something, you might be able to make it a reality. I, I mean, yeah, maybe don't do it as your first foray into programming. Is all I'd say. <laughs> um, but that is another avenue with Twitch is that extensions are a way to have, and you've got stuff like QuizKit and things like that um, that allow you to have clickable options on stream and things like that. That so. Um, that is another advantage to Twitch that I completely glossed over earlier is that you do have access to those kind of extensions, that extra interactability on the stream. Um, uh, Jacob, anything else? No, I mean, Twitch is a great place to, to go to build a community. It's just going to take some time. I, I'm yeah. Uh, I, that'd be my, my thing. Just stick with it. Uh, you're going to have times where, I mean, this happens to me all the time, even as someone who's been streaming for six months, I get, I just get dud nights. I get people that are busy doing their stuff and I get, you know, a total of five or 10 people in my stream and you know what, I gotta, I gotta move on with it, but I don't want to discourage me and you know, next week will be better, but that'd be my, that'd be my advice. Just keep it up. Don't, don't get discouraged. Mm. Um, And yeah, my, my honest to God advice that, even I don't follow, um, but Jay certainly does. Is get yourself out there. Don't just don't just be on Twitch. Maybe you know take a clip of a, an interesting question from from your Twitch stream and put it on Facebook, or um, maybe do something you know, do something interactive on Facebook. And that's something we're going to touch on in a later podcast. Kind of engaging with your community outside of streams because that's a whole that's a whole other kettle of fish. I feel. Um, I think that that about wraps up tonight's roundtable discussion. Um, are we ready for our keyword challenge? I am. I am. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't that sound so, so enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, so, um, for new listeners to the podcast, the keyword challenge is where we get given uh, a keyword by you. Uh, our community and our listeners um, each week. And we go away and write a question that involves that keyword in some way. Uh, it could be in the question itself. It could be in the answer. The only rule is that that keyword has to appear somewhere. Um, if you have any keywords that you think, ah, oh, that'll be, that'll be a right, right one for them. Uh, you can email them to, to us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Or you can head on, head on over to quadriviapodcast.com where there's now a special Google form for you to submit your keywords. Um, uh, thanks to uh, our, our website developer, Corey, for that one. Um, and so we're going to take 10 minutes 
once we've revealed this keyword, to um, go away, write the best question we can. We'll come back. We'll compare notes. For you, it'll only be 30 seconds. There'll be a short break. Um, well, we probably plug something. I don't know. There's usually porn music involved. Um, but this week's keyword comes from Karen King in Portland, Oregon. O- o- Oregon. You said it right. Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's quark. What? Quark. Yeah. You spell it? Uh, Q-U-A-R-K. Quark. Quark. All right, this is going to be a fun 10 minutes. So, 10 minutes <laughs> to write something on Quark and not what does a posh duck say. Um, Lord. There's our Jason <laughs> pun for the night. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, I can't put that in a question now. Um, <laughs> we'll see you on the other side of this short break. All right. Welcome back. We have taken our 10 minutes to write our questions. Uh, I will start first since uh, I uh, got mine finished first. Figured that was the best way to go. So uh, here we go. My question is as follows. Similar to yogurt found in Southern Asian countries calling it Cheka, Arabic countries calling it Labna, or Central American countries calling it Kuzma or Koshk, what dairy product originating from originating from Germany is made from soured milk fermented mesophile bacteria, sharing its name with a type of elementary particle, metal constituent, sorry, of matter? Okay. My original response was going to be yogurt, but that's in the question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think. Something is conspicuous by its absence. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's more about what's not there than what is there. <laughs> um, had this had this not been a keyword challenge, however, um, is there a route that I can get to it? Let's have a look. We'll say when it comes down to... I like the little bit at the end that gives you hmm. kind of that science... Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Sharing its name with a type of elementary particle and fundamental con- constituent of matter. Yes, I yes. <laughs> because read up to that when, bit. when I get there, I'm kind of thinking like, what, what fundamental particles or um, fundamental constituent of matter do I know? I know what there's quarks. Fun- what fundamental particle sounds yogurty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Honestly, other than quark, I don't know what I can what I can name. Um, uh, there are other ones, right? There are bo- there's bosons, uh, gravitrons. Um, uh, um. Well, on the other side, you've never heard of a cottage cheese particle, so <laughs> it has to be quark. I hope. I hope <laughs> there's. Oh my goodness, there's going to be, someone's going to, someone, some scientist with a sense of humor will have named like an atom cottagesium or something like that. (laughs) Not an atom, a chemical. Just to be Um, an ass, yes. Just just because, uh, like there there is such a thing as penguinone because it looks like a penguin. Oh. Um, uh, So I, yeah, I, 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 I think we're both resoundingly saying it's Quark. Well, is you it... got me on that one. It is Quark. Um, I don't know how you pulled it out, 
but uh, what you did. So congratulations. <laughs> I think if it hadn't have been a keyword challenge, like Tipster said, um, I think that's I think that's a fabulous question. Yeah, uh, like linking it into the fundamental constituent of matter works um, works brilliantly as a clue. Um, I, I think the because I know you you were saying that potentially it's a little too long. I I think if you really want to cut the fat, you can, you know, remove some of the alternate names for it. Yeah, um, I mean there are there are definitely avenues to cut it down. Um, um, yeah, but at the same time, it's a it's a perfectly good question. Um, I really like it. Thank you. Let's move on to mine, shall we? <laughs> Now that I've said that. (laughs) The subatomic particle quark takes its name from James Joyce's book, Finnegan's Wake. However, it was originally going to be pronounced quark, as in pork, as the physicist responsible, Gell Mann, thought the famous line was a reference to what unit of measurement? Jay, any ideas on this? My head immediately went because he said quark like pork. (laughs) thinking like the length of a pig or something silly like that um i I don't think that's the case um so i'm thinking of another unit of measurement here um could it be like a quart uh Mm. you know like that's kind of looks almost the same yeah and it sounds the same um they sound very similar um I mean, obviously, the last constant's different, but if you said it fast, someone could easily mistake that for quart. So um, that's as good of an answer as I've got. I think yeah, I don't know anything about James Joyce, but I know I that that kind of—it's <laughs> the only unit of measurement that seems similar to me. So I'm going with quart. Yeah, I'll 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 sync up with you on that. Okay. Yes, it's quart. Uh, the line itself, free quart. Quarks or quarks for mis- for Muster Mark. Um, oh. uh, so three quarts being like, here's some ale, I suppose. I don't know. That's possibly what they thought it meant. Um, but that's that's where... So, yeah, apparently it was originally going to be pronounced quark instead of quark. And hmm. now, it's, now it's quark because, well, the, the linguists had their way. <laughs> It's probably the way, I, way I'd put that. <laughs> this um, is where we insert the sound effect for it. The more you know. <laughs> I, I will say, much like Jacob's question here, I like that you gave two avenues. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at my question now and realizing there's only one avenue. But <laughs> um, no, I like that. Uh, maybe you know something about James Joyce, uh, which I did not. Um but then also you kind of gave the opportunity for a shot in the dark here, which uh, well paid off for us. Yeah, I think for for us that don't know anything about what? the half of the question, it, it gave us a, a fighting chance just to kind of talk it out and work it out. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I was getting nervous when you started saying something to do with the length of a pig, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, the standard unit of length of a pig. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that. the standardized yeah. pig. The standard pig is about. Uh, you know, seven quarks in length. Um, Which, by the way, we, we use pigs to measure things length, not weight, just length. Just that length. makes sense, right. 
It's, it's seven. Just said, you said quark like pork, you know. You... <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's more for yeah pronunciation. I, suppose. <laughs> I thought it was a secret third uh, point of entry. Oh, oh, <laughs> I would. That would be devilish, but also no. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of, of points of entry, I've got a question for you guys that only has one. Um, you know what? Maybe maybe you can figure it out. But I, I see that Jacob's mind went to yogurt. Uh, yours went to James Joyce. Mine went to Star Trek. <laughs> so in Star <laughs> Trek, uh, the formation of the New World Economy led to the disappearance of money in the 22nd century. However, Cork and the rest of the Ferengi Alliance still value latinum as it holds what unique property, making it valuable? Okay, so hear me out here. Jacob, how much do you know about Star Trek? <laughs> Absolutely zero. I've okay. never watched an episode, so I'm out on. I'm. I've watched a couple of episodes in my time. I'm aware of the law around it and kind of the general feel of it. So the idea is that there's no money, no kind of um, uh, what's the word? Currency. Uh, no currency. No kind of. Not even any real property, as it were. There's nothing of. Um, I'm looking for a very specific word here, and I can't, for the life of me, uh, come come across it. Um, asset. Yeah. Economy. No. No, no assets. Um, any, because what point is there in that when you have a computer that makes stuff for you? Mm. So, I'm. I'm thinking that this is to do with that. So it's the almost like uh, the proverbial um, uh, genie's uh, lamp, <clears throat> where they can just ask for anything and it comes true? or Kind of, yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm thinking that it, it can't be synthesized or something like that. It can't be made by the computer. Uh, what do they call them? Is it? Oh, no, 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 because it's based on replication. So does it, like, combust when it's replicated? Or so something you're, you're, like that? We've definitely gotten farther and far enough for full points. <laughs> I'll okay. Say, uh, the answer I have is it can't be replicated. Um, so, yeah, in the Star Trek universe, and, you know, I, I hesitated to put this question together, but I figured Star Trek was big enough that you guys might have a, a bit of a knowledge. Yeah. Um. But in the Star Trek universe, you're right. You can just, you know, there is no world hunger because we can just replicate food. And uh, if we need to make expensive starship parts, hey, we just replicate them. It doesn't matter. But uh, one of the only things that can't be replicated is latinum. So latinum is used uh, by currency, kind of almost almost like black market currency, because they say there's no currency, but uh, there's some things you can't <laughs> you can't just use your replicator for. So latinum still has value for that reason. Mm. And Quark is the name of a Star Trek character. So there you go. Yeah, nice one. Um, I actually... If you have the base knowledge, um, a kind of a general awareness of Star Trek, I feel like it's gettable, even if you're not aware of the particular Latinum that you're talking about. Which, by the way... By the way, like just taking the pee off platinum to make the most <laughs> valuable commodity ima imaginable. 
Like that's 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 genius right there. That's genius. <laughs> that's not lazy writing. That's genius. That's yeah. that's, that, that, that's like here's the allegory we're making. Uh, <laughs> oh, but it, but it's not because it's clearly not the same thing. There's no pig. Right. What are you on about? Right. Uh, <laughs> and the L is capitalized, so it's a totally different word. Totally different word. I'd, I do you know what? Actually, speaking of currency, I'd be inter- I'd be interested to see how Star Trek would approach cryptocurrency these days. <laughs> Oh, right. also, also another episode for another time. Yeah. <laughs> let's see let's see how let's see how Picard and Discovery deal with cryptocurrency, shall yeah, we? That's that's a that's its own episode for Jeffy and James. They could go on Star Trek all day and talk about oh. cryptocurrency within the Star Trek universe and how that would work. And I would not listen to that episode because <laughs> I would fall asleep. Oh my goodness. Um but yeah, I feel like that's a perfectly good question. Um if people are i don't i don't know what proportion of people are that in depth with star trek that they'd know it off the cuff but the fact that you tipster even with your super limited knowledge of the show was able to i think that bodes well for teams yeah that have maybe that one person in the group who can say well i do remember that it you know that there's not currency or assets or property in the, in the universe, so you know maybe it goes to this. Pretty much the same way that we sussed it out. I think it's totally I, gettable. I will be honest. If it hadn't had the lead-in where you know disappearance of money, there's no money, um, no um, commodities. I'm still trying to search for that word that I'm looking <laughs> for earlier. Um, somebody's going to write it in the comments of the podcast, and I'm going to kick myself when this comes out. Um, or I'm going to remember it as soon as we finish recording, <laughs> as is the way. Um, but that first section, that first, that first kind of paragraph—not paragraph, but first sentence—really does it for me. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you put it in because otherwise I would probably not have had a chance. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it, it's not a bad question at all, and even for someone like me that has zero clue about the Star Trek universe, it's not like I would walk away and be like, "Man, there's no way I would have ever gone with that." You know. It's it's definitely sussable. And I will say that I saved us from having three subatomic particle uh, questions. <laughs> True. Well, I guess, yeah, the first one's yogurt slash subatomic particle, but uh, I wanted to be something <laughs> out there. The best kind of mixture. The best. Yes. Do you want, do you want quarks with your quark? <laughs> we just sprinkle some extra quarks on there for you. Um well, uh, it's now over to you. It's your time to decide who you think did it best. Which of our questions uh, pleases you the most? You can vote over on quadriviapodcast.com uh, for your favorite out of those three. Uh, don't vote Corey. Corey always puts themselves on the poll for some reason, and I never know why. Um, but there have been times when they haven't even been on the episode and they've still won. So... Don't vote, Corey. Please, I'm begging you. So uh, that that's that's the keyword challenge. Done. And by the way, if you've got a keyword you want us to attempt, uh, head over to that same web website, quadriviapodcast.com, or email us quadriviapod at gmail.com and put keyword challenge in your subject heading. Jay. All right. So the game. <laughs> yes. Um. So. You no, know, we talked about this over the break and figured um, I think would be a cool thing to do is 
go back into, uh, I was talking about how I keep my players engaged. And uh, in my chat room, players can just generate random questions from my database of questions. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good. <laughs> so I figured, why don't we do that here 10 times? And uh, I'll get you guys to answer some questions that may or may not be good. Okay. Um, and what's kind of fun is because I'm generating them on the fly and I probably wrote them five years ago, uh, I can take a stab at answering them too and <laughs> show you just how bad at answering trivia questions I am too. So um, uh, let's see if I can make this work. Question number one. Okay. This is uh, question number 11,388. Oh my God. In the category of sports. Michael Phelps holds 23 total gold medals across Summer Olympic Games from 2004 to 2016. How many of these 23 golds were won as individual events? Oh, okay. First <laughs> of all, first of all, you've chosen my probably one of my weakest categories, sports. Uh, <laughs> second of all, you're asking about Michael Phelps and their achievements at Olympic Games. Oh, 23 golds. Did they ever compete in a team? Like that's what I'm yes. thinking. So are you aware with with who Michael Phelps is? Uh yeah, swimmer. Okay, yeah. So there's there's like the individual like races or I guess you could call them uh they're not laps, but they're events. Yeah, like um, individual races against other ones. Then you have relays. So you tag in okay. the next swimmer and they jump in and do their particular stroke and then they tag in the next one. I think that's how that works. Um that being said, I believe there are only I, th ah, I could be wrong, but I want to say there's only one event that is relay based in four, swimming. Eight, 12, 16. So so we're looking at we're looking at four Olympic games, right? Yes. Yeah. One over four years, yeah. So twenty-three over four right. So let's have a think about this. Um, so nineteen, if that if that logic held up, would be nineteen. Nineteen would be if individual. It, if there's a single relay, so thinking of potential um, like individual events each year, you've got um, freestyle, you've got um, uh, butterfly, breaststroke. I don't know if backstroke is its own thing, but you've got at least three individual ones each year. Um, I want to say that... Uh, oh, an individual medley as well. So that's yes. four. Um, and you were saying relays. Uh, I want to say... There I want to edge towards 15, honestly. 15 uh, individual or group? 15 individual. Okay. Yeah, I I thought nineteen was a little too strong for there only being four total, as as in one per Olympic. Uh, yeah, because if you that, that if seems you think, way too short. If so, you think about it, nineteen over the course of four Olympic games. That's yeah, four. That's almost five per Olympics, and I'm not even sure if there are that many individual events. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm good with fifteen. Fifteen, Jay. Uh, okay, let's. Let's lock it in and find out. I, so yeah, I don't remember the answer to this question, but I think it's kind of a bad question because it's asking for a number. And because it's a bad question asking for a number, I'm wondering if it's a trick question. And the answer is and 23. It's 23. That's my guess here. Let's find out. 
No, answer it's... is 13. Oh, okay. we weren't far off. <laughs> Only two gold medals away. That's not hugely far. <laughs> so this is about yeah. 10,000 questions ago. So typically I wouldn't ask a numbered question like this again. They're just, they're a little mean, you know? Yeah, they are. They're, they're, yeah. Let's fire uh, another one here. Um, this is question, oh, really old, 5,288, culture and lifestyle. What word is used to describe a type of irregular warfare in which a small group of combatants, such as armed civilians, use military tactics, including ambushes, sabotage, raids, petty warfare, hit-and-run tactics, and mobility to fight a larger and less mobile traditional military? I think I know this, and it's kind of topical given your logo. <laughs> it might be. Uh, um, but uh, Jacob, any any ideas? Uh, I was I was trying to dig into my weird. Uh, my, my brain immediately went to my RTS games that I played as a kid uh, mm. on computer, and and using my like builders to like join the military and basically defend the base, but I don't think I'm going in the right direction. What okay. were you thinking? I was thinking guerrilla warfare. Absolutely, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> guerrilla tactics. Yep, that makes complete <laughs> sense. That is absolutely the question. All right. Let's see what we got here in the next one. Television. Uh, this is a little, little more recent. Question 2600, 348. Since the late 90s, The Young and the Restless has topped all other American soap operas in Nielsen ratings, followed closely by what related series by the same creators? Oh, I okay, Jacob, you're on your own here. Yeah, being uh, the token American on the podcast. That's I, I hate to say it, but I am not familiar with American soap operas. So I'm not super... Well, I mean, I know of some, but I, I do not know if they were by the same creators, but... Um, do you know of The Young and the Restless? I do. I know of it. I don't know the, the story very well. I know some other soap operas. The General Hospital has been on for a long time. And I know that there's a ton of episodes. Is there anything that kind of fits the general gist of that that's fairly close to it? Mm. Not that I can think of. My mom, my mom watched General Hospital when I was a kid. That was the only really soap opera I was super exposed to. Um, so uh, I might have to tap yeah. out on this. I'm not sure I know. I'm also gonna ha let's uh, let's throw out a joke answer. Um, uh, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> there you go. Well, I didn't know this answer either. I had to peek. Um, so the answer is the bold and the beautiful. So. Actually, with your good, bad, and the ugly, um, not far off. You know, Surprisingly not, not bad. Because um, yeah, it's, it's similar in in the wording to the young and the restless. So the the A and the uh, B, um, yeah, similar in yeah. ratings apparently. All right, let's take a look at another one here. All right, question five thousand sixty one, Canadiana. April 13th, 2009 was officially recognized as what day for Saskatchewan, where I live? Proclamation was signed by Premier Bradwall, uh, and Brent Butt would be proud. I don't think you guys are going to know this. I think it's a little too local. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too... This is CanCon right here. That I uh, get... Right, okay. Let's, let's see. If, okay, April 13th. Um, 
Saskatchewan Independence Day. <laughs> no. I know they had their independence. <laughs> I will, um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of help here. Okay. Um, so, one, you know who Brent Butt is? I don't. Now, uh, is there... Well, go ahead. But, he's an uh, actor from a television show. Okay. A very Canadian and, in fact, a very Saskatchewan-based television show. Uh, no, no idea. I've got uh, no I'm, clue. I, I don't I know who no Brett Butt is. I don't know what television show. Yeah. Um, uh, the, pay, the, the Pay Your Damn Actors Day. <laughs> no, so this is uh, Corner Gas Day. Um, so this question from the database, very, very what? local. Um, Corner Gas is a television show that was filmed here in Saskatchewan um, with some oh. parts, I think, in Regina. And it got a little bit of national attention, um, but probably didn't cross the border and definitely didn't cross the ocean. So, uh, yeah, this one, a little too local, I think. But you know what? Actually, uh, with Jacob being from uh, North Dakota, um, there might be a chance that you'd heard of Corner Gas. But no. I moved out of North Dakota when I was seven, so I can't say I <laughs> remember yeah, too it, much. It didn't exist when you were seven. There you go. So yeah, the only thing I can think of when people say corner gas is bin liners. Um... <laughs> All right. Well, moving from television, uh, a very local television question to maybe a not so local movie question. Question 28652 from Movies. Complete this list. Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, blank, and Affleck, Robert Pattinson. I've okay, got this. I've got this one. I I think I know what you're cluing into here. Didn't realize Robert Pattinson had played had played Batman. Um, but the movie's not out yet. But uh, they're filming. Oh, it, I think. right. Okay. Yeah. Um, that'll be why then. Um, God, who was between Clooney and Affleck? It was the uh, Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, Dark Knight. So we're talking Bale then. Yes, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. That is it. Yep. Um, those questions are kind of fun to do sometimes because I think mm. you take a little bit of dissection, which was actually a lot of fun to, to listen to you guys do. On to number six. Let's hope for a good one. And the wheel stops on geography. Geography. Question uh, 18065. California, Florida, and which other state make up the top three most populous states in the USA? So I'm leaning towards, um, I'm leaning towards New York, because doesn't isn't New York like the biggest city in the U.S. in terms uh, of population? It is, but the New York State itself is not that large. I mean, yeah, I mean, the New York is, State is basically it's... New York and then a couple of surrounding like small towns, right? Uh, not small, but uh, compared to New York, yes, yeah, small compared to New York. Uh, I think it's probably our nation's biggest state. Uh, well, biggest in the contiguous U.S. Um, okay, because um, everything is bigger in America. <laughs> well, you're not but, but wrong. Specifically, there. where? Yeah, uh, everything <laughs> is bigger in uh, Nevada. Uh, That's that not would, large. 
it's 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 similar. Uh, Las Vegas isn't. And in fact, yeah, no, like things are not bigger in Nevada. The Eiffel Tower in in Las Vegas <laughs> is definitely smaller than the actual <laughs> Eiffel Tower. But the saying goes, everything is bigger in Texas. Um, oh, never heard of that. Oh, really? Yeah, no, that's no. that's that's actually a saying that people. I hear. think that's why we say everything is bigger in America because. Uh, I'm gonna guess Texas. Yes, Texas is correct. Um, and I actually just did a quick little fact check because some of these are these, these are older. And actually, uh, Wikipedia is telling me New York is actually number four. Oh, by, yeah, by Pennsylvania. Actually, I think Florida just surpassed New York. Yeah, the, I'm looking at that here now. The third spot, I think. California, Texas, Florida, large. New York. Uh, question 26464 from Performing Arts. Uh, Siri will repeat the phrase boots and cats and number of times when asked to demonstrate what skill. Oh, I know this straight away. I think I know this. Yeah, would this be beatboxing? Cats and leather boots, leather boots, leather boots, leather boots, leather boots, leather boots, leather boots. I've never heard the leather boots bit. I haven't either. <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna post a video in discussion later, and you can watch it um, because it is how I know this. Um, uh, where is it? Um, this one, um, and it's probably where this where this quote unquote meme originates from. To be fair, um, so let me find this. Um, uh, here we go. Okay, take a look at that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. But yes, the answer is is beatboxing. Okay, number seven. Let's see what we get here. Roll the dice. Drum Slowly. Roll. There we go. Um, question one six seven five nine from literature and philosophy. The phrase, make him an offer he can't refuse, was first used in what book in 1969? Oh, film, my goodness. The film adaptation by the same name used the same phrase in 1972. Okay, so it's... Sir, if you don't know it. You, you've got this. I do. Yeah. Okay, let me sweat <laughs> it out a bit, because I, I feel like I, I feel like I should be able to get this by the fact that it was a book in 1969 turned into a film not three years later like uh, make him an offer he can't refuse okay and it's the 70s I want to say The Godfather but like wasn't the book for that a lot longer it feels like the book for that was a lot longer ago than 1969 am 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 I completely like not so much Mandelaing myself here, because because this this came up in um, one of my quizzes recently because of the director. Uh, not this precise question, but the the Godfather did. Mm, I'm like, gotcha. that's where that phrase is from. Okay, <laughs> it's good. I can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm Spider-Man sorry, but I almost Marlon Brando impression. I almost laughed with <laughs> tipster in your accent. Say, saying that a little different than Marlon Brando. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. Question number 4698, a bit of an old one here from Geography. In what city 
would you find the statue of Christ the Redeemer? Oh, this is a classic pub quiz question. Yeah, but, and I know I've seen the statue a million times. I know it's in Brazil. Yep. And I am fairly certain it's in the city where the Olympics were several years. Okay. Is it Rio? Yeah, it's Rio. It's also, I think, my my most prominent memory of it is, um, was it in Handsome as well, Rio and Juliet? I'm not sure. Baz Luhrmann, not Hans Zimmer. Baz Luhrmann. Uh, God damn. My memory I, is failing me at this time. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. So, is it uh, Rio? Jay? It is Rio. Yes, okay. it is Rio. <laughs> All right, I don't know if we actually got the I answer. I, I thought I said that, yeah. I was busy cooking up uh, our, our next question here. But yes, it is Rio for number eight, and I, I, I think this is number nine we're on here. Okay. Um, so this is question 710 from Math, Science, and Technology is the category. What does HDMI, as in the cable and port, stand for? Oh, um, uh, I think HD down. stands for high definition. Yeah, high, HD is high definition, and I think I, I is, is usually interface. interface. Yeah, interface. So it's, it, those lines. I guess media. Yeah, I think media is for media. Media is correct. Like media would get you full points. It can either stand for multimedia or just media. It would be yeah, interesting. Okay. Like uh, the other way I would have like gone on that was monitor as well. High definition monitor interface. Um, but I think, yeah, that's completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one's, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit easier, but um, maybe not if um, you're, you're, math and science isn't quite your thing. I mean, you're talking to two streamers. We yeah, kind of need to know this right. stuff. I know where HDMI <laughs> for it is. All right. Um, let's take a look at question 10, see what we get here. Come on, give us a good something one. Good. Um, okay, this one looks a little difficult, but let's try. So this is a movie question. Uh, question 26841. When reviewing the musical Isn't It Romantic, what critic known for his short capsule reviews wrote... <laughs> What may be the world's shortest movie <laughs> review? No. What? <laughs> God damn it. Just... I mean, that's Why? fantastic, first of all. Uh, <laughs> just no. Oh, Isn't it God. romantic? What great numbers? Oh, man. Um... Oh, it's an answer to the... Oh. Answer okay. to the review. Yeah, yeah, answer I... the question. As in, it, it's in answer to the 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 title. I get that. That's so much. More. That's funnier than I expected. <laughs> that's just. Uh, oh. I don't know musical critics <laughs> if they're not the same as movie critics. I don't know either. Uh, um, so I, I don't think I've got anything on here. I, I'm gonna go with Roger Ebert, but I'm that's like the only movie critic I've. I'm going to go with the only movie critic I'm aware of, and that's Mark Commode. There you go. Yeah, so this, uh, this is one where I think the question is more interesting than the answer, because um, you don't really have another, another avenue. Um, but the critic in question here was Leonard Maltin. So I, I wouldn't have known it either, guys. Man, what a life. If I can just summarize an entire musical with a word and make it that scathing. 
Just no. 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 Zero stuff. That's like the easiest money you'll ever make, right? So uh, one word review. I love it. Anyway, that's uh that's my round. Um, it was very easy to put together for you guys. <laughs> but I think we saw yeah. that uh, some of the questions that it produces are kind of fun and kind of interesting. Um, Absolutely. Some, some maybe don't quite hit. But, uh, hopefully it's, you guys enjoyed it's it. Definitely, it's definitely interesting to see because because you've got the question numbers there. We've got an idea of when in your kind of prolific pub quizzing hosting kind of kind of time when these were were produced and yeah very much going from where is christ the redeemer to um to some of the more modern stuff where is she that <laughs> yeah the batman question i think was That's... kind of in the middle but yeah also i reckon that the hdmi question was probably harder in its time yeah i would yeah, agree with yeah, that yeah. Like, question seven everywhere. and that was probably about five years ago yeah. Yeah, so HDMI was just becoming a thing. Like a big thing. Now we're all about DisplayPort. Uh, yeah, the new hot, uh, the, you know. The new, the new hotness. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we are geeking out about streaming tech too much. Um, save <laughs> us. Jay, where can yeah. we find you? All right, if you want to see me and, uh, I don't know, my big forehead, my vacuum cleaner bouncing around, or even my, my chat room where you can see old questions that don't quite make sense anymore, <laughs> you can do all those things uh, on Twitch. You can find me at twitch.tv slash smartypintstrivia. You can also find me at my website, smartypints.ca, or you can find my clever branding across all social media channels. Look for the beer-drinking monkey. <laughs> Uh, I am Jacob Hine with Hindsight Trivia. I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Um You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hindsight Trivia. And finally, I'm Tipster. You can find me at the Pinnacle Larder every Sunday from 8 p.m. British time. That is 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific. Um, and you can catch me over at play.pinnaclelarder.com um, for your weekly variety pub quiz. Um, that's us here at the podcast. If you want to get in contact with us, um, you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. You can uh, see what we're, what we're up to on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at quadriviapod. Uh, you can visit us on our website, quadriviapodcast.com or... If you want some perks and want to send some money our way, patreon.com slash quadrivia, where you can uh, sign up to be a patron and get such things as bonus episodes, um, such as the recent one where myself and uh, James Key, the trivia nerd, rambled on about game shows for an entire two hours, um, and merch and all good stuff like that. Um, Jacob? See us out. Oh, Danny boy, where do we go?
Oh my goodness. That I, I that was a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, the evolution of the halftime show. I don't know where it's going next, but I I know how it got here, I guess. <laughs> you you take you take the Tide halftime show and the Rumba halftime show. You put the Rumba in the washing machine. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, Bad idea. Don't don't try that at home, please. <laughs> I do not want repair bills for Rumbas. Um but if you do, send them to at third degree entertainment on Twitter. There, uh, there it is. <laughs>